Welcome to High Gluttony. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two curious ladies who like to cook, smoke, learn, and enjoy a meal with friends. We invite you to join us every 10 days or so here at the High Gluttony Homestead and listen to us make a mess and have a lot of fun. (laughs) So step inside, gluttonyers. Hello, Becca. It's the beginning of the holiday season. It's early December still. My birthday has not happened yet, so we are not at the midpoint of December. Yeah, exactly. We're ready to kick it off. I think you and I just want to get drunk. (laughs) Seems right. Yeah, you and I want to get drunk. That seems about right. It's been a few weeks since I was drunk. It seems like a good time to to do this. (laughs) might be hard not to get drunk today because we are making four cocktails two of those can be non-alcoholic we will see where we land on whether or not ours will have alcohol or not today we're just making a bunch of cocktails (laughs) we're calling them cock and mocktails because of that (laughs) hard alcohol or no alcohol required option but otherwise this year's closing up we're (laughs) not quite ready to end the year but ready to drink through the rest of it I think (laughs) I mean we've done a good job of not drinking through the entire year so I guess this for the holidays is perfectly fine yeah it doesn't count right like time stops or something happens between like mid-December and mid-January that's like a like a physics thing or something (laughs) a physics thing it's a physics thing (laughs) oh my goodness We're not drinking anything in particular right now then for our like relax, kick it off time because like we said, roll, roll, potential to be shit faced by the end of this. What are you smoking? (laughs) Our plan is to be shit faced by the end of this. That Mm -hmm. is our whole plan. I am starting out with some of Lowell Smokes Quicks and this is called the Zen Hybrid. It's a pot blend of... 50% 50% cereal milk and 50% original gorilla. <laughs> okay. Cereal milk. I haven't seen that before. That's funny. <laughs> I have just straight cereal milk joint hanging around here somewhere. But I've been enjoying these for a few days. They make me feel really nice and relaxed. They do have a nice high. So I'm hoping it's the perfect thing to go with this little venture we're going on today. That what are you smoking? Nice. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I am smoking a vape pen today. It's City Trees Blue Dream, which I thought was also appropriate given that this afternoon might will probably feel a little little dreamy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's a hybrid, but it is predominantly myrcene and then pinene, caryophylline, and it has 86% THC and then a little teeny bit of CBG, which I want to learn more about at some point, but no CBD, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. I do like the CBG. It really seems to help me sleep. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm weird. I react weirdly to all pot, though. CBG is like the key to me just being able to go out like a light. Very cool. Yeah. It's cool to learn those things. Yeah. So when Gretchen's visiting, yeah. you want her to load go to up. bed, load up on that <laughs> CBG. Exactly. <laughs> Find all the CBG we can. <laughs> totally. So yours is a pen though, right? Yeah, it's a pen today. No, yeah. no flower. Yeah. yeah. Just walking around, puff, puff, sip, sip. 
Puff, puff, sip, sip. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should call this episode. Puff, puff, sip, sip. <laughs> yeah, it's a toss up. Puff, puff, sip, sip, or cock and mocktails. <laughs> puff, puff, sip, sip, cock and mocktails. Sounds like a great title to me. Yeah, put it all in there. <laughs> should we name our four cocktails? And then I know you have some fun things to talk to us about. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We're going to go learn a little bit about sparkling wine and talk about Prosecco today. Because Lambrusco is the sparkling and we're using that today. And we're definitely using Prosecco today. That'll be fun to get a little primer on sparkling wine. My favorite thing. Oh, so fun. It's, and this is the perfect time for it. I mean, there's no, there's, you can drink it. I drink it all the time. But <laughs> the holiday season is like a real good time to bust out the sparkling wines. Indeed, it is. So here's what we've got on the docket for this cock and mocktail episode. <laughs> we have a grapefruit cardamom gin fizz, a hot buttered rum, West 75th cocktail, and rosemary punch as our final entrant in the uh, cock and mocktail fight. <laughs> and that last contestant is Gretchen's original well no it's not my original i got a recipe from a tea party i went to when i was oh, but then very you young made the quantities for it today today i did the quantities yes yeah gretchen's quantities gretchen's quantities because gretchen's lost the original recipe somehow <laughs> just a little booklet i think it must be stuffed into a book somewhere <laughs> don't know which book <laughs> you'll come that'll be fun to come across it one day yeah I come across it every once in a while, so I know it's around here somewhere. It's probably hiding with my passport. Oh my gosh. Well, do you want to tell me about sparkling wines and what is the process that they go through that makes them different from regular red and white wine? Your still wines just go through a single fermentation process. So like typically my understanding with a one of those like still wine fermentations is after it's done in that barrel it goes into a bottle to age for some time or to drink for some time sometimes it goes into a different barrel but for the most part let's just say like that's what's happening right right what's Where- happening with sparkling wine at that point when like the other wines kind of are headed to that like closeout stage a little bit or aging, whatever stage you want to call it. Sparkling wine though goes a different path. Right. And there's two main methods for getting the bubbles into that wine. You have the Champenoise method, which is considered the slightly more elevated of the two because you're conducting that secondary fermentation in the bottle instead of the Charmant method, which is doing that secondary fermentation in a tank and then putting the wine in the bottle. And Prosecco that we're talking about today does that second type of fermentation. So Champagne is the method name, actually. So that's how you got method Champenoise is because Champagne was considered the founding wine of that method of doing the second fermentation in the bottle. Is it harder? To put it into the bottle at that point versus a tank? What makes them more elevated then? When you're just doing it in the tank, it is a way more low maintenance thing. But like, because when you do that secondary fermentation in the bottle, 
you end up having to do a process called disgorgement before you actually put like the final cork into the bottle. And so what they do with that is that there's a certain amount of yeast that's still left in the bottle that is going to turn your wine, put that effervescence from the carbon dioxide into the wine. And you got to get that out of the bottle because otherwise it might add some off flavors or things like that. So when you're doing that fermentation in the bottle, what you have to do is, they do have machines that do this now, but I'm going to use the hand methods to describe it. But what you have to do, and some places still do it this way, they don't want to use the big electrical, it's called riddling. And so you have to take the bottle and like gradually turn it so that it's going from sitting sideways to being almost upright, like up and straight up and down so that the yeast and the lees all settles into the top of the bottle. And this is a process that takes months of work because it you pretty much just like, you'll turn the bottle a little bit and let like just slightly alter the angle just a little bit. And they have the riddling racks and things like that that help with this as well. So it is considered like the more prestigious way to make a bottle of wine. But see, it's more labor intensive, even if you have a machine to do all that turning of the bottle for you. And then you have to open each bottle, disgorge that little bit of, oh wait, am I getting confused? Because disgorgement might be when they add the sugar into the bottle to do the second fermentation. (laughs) What is it called? Or, okay. Okay, no, I'm right, I'm right, okay. (laughs) Forget the word for the adding. Oh, that's dosage, that's why I'm confused, okay. So you, you have to add this little bit of sugar water to get that secondary fermentation going because you're pretty much working with a dry wine. I haven't even smoked yet and I can't remember all these words. <laughs> well, that's okay. We just need the gist of it. The scourgement is you have to get that little bit of yeast out of the bottle. And so they use, they usually have a temporary like beer cap that just goes on top of the bottle. And so then they open it up the pressure from the wine pops that out and then they put a cork in. The wine is all contained in the bottle for the secondary fermentation. It's, you know, fancier, more labor intensive. Okay. More expensive. More expensive. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Whereas. Okay. So Prosecco, it's not even like a cheat. It just like speeds up the process. And I imagine like, this isn't the right word, but like, bulkifies it a little bit so you can yeah. like <laughs> yes that's a good word <laughs> the yeast off at once or something instead of it eliminates having to open every single bottle and get that little cork out it yeah it bulkifies it that is a really good word I love that word <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you you're welcome some people are judgy about Prosecco and I never knew yeah. that there was like even a difference in the process beyond people just being critical about that because it's outside the champagne region. But I mean, I like Prosecco a lot and I don't have a problem with this process. This sounds great to me. So I make it easier for sure. Yeah, it does. It makes everything easier. I mean, come on. There's nothing wrong with it for being a method of making sparkling wine. It is just a little bit easier. There's less Mm -hmm. possibility I mean, I guess the the main difference is like you have that second fermentation. If you have one bottle go off, that's not as bad as if you have a whole tank go off or something. So there are advantages and disadvantages to each side. 
Good point. I think that is part of why people poo-poo it a little bit, but yeah, it, it it's just also like, it's always cheaper. It's yeah. less well-known. I mean, like there, there's a lot of reasons that people kind of get down on Prosecco. Like Prosecco for a long time probably was like a really cheap, probably the best stuff wasn't necessarily coming to the U.S. because there wasn't the wine market for the good shit. So I'm sure, sure a lot of people shit on it for that reason. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Well, and then there's a couple different styles of Prosecco too, right? Yes. So there's a very small amount that's made into still wine. It's pretty much not exported. You really won't find it outside the region of Italy where it's made. And it's actually kind of a large area. Real quick. Wait, sorry. I didn't know that Prosecco is also the grape. It was the grape. They renamed it. (laughs) What is it? I didn't know that at all. So sorry. (laughs) You said it's the uh, sometimes still wine is made. And I was like, wait, it's not the process. The grape is Prosecco too. Okay. Okay. Wait, wait, hold on a second. So let's, let's clarify a couple of things here because so part of this goes back to the fact that wines in Europe are more often named after the region they come from. Burgundy isn't a grape, it's a region, but you have Burgundy wine, that's typically Pinot Noir. Then you have Bordeaux, which is more Cab. Prosecco is sort of the region, regional name for this wine. Okay. Because Italy's a little different than France even, and those were French examples I'm giving you. But this is the name of the type of this style made from this grape wine. The wine just more commonly was known as Prosecco, I think. So then people just called the grape the Prosecco grape because that's the wine that was made from it. And so they renamed it not even that long ago, like 2009, I think it was when they renamed it. I didn't write that part down. So that is interesting too, because Champagne is often a blend of grapes, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so then Prosecco, though, is often just one grape? Well, it is still allowed to be blended, but you have to have 85% of the Galera grape. And then you can add up to 15% of other things to it. Okay but it is mostly one type of grape more than champagne is one type of grape. I see. Okay. Okay. So that's a big distinguisher too. Yes. Okay. That's interesting. You're saying this previously known as or commonly known as Prosecco grape, but renamed to Galera grape Mm -hmm. can occasionally be used to produce still wine. Correct. Okay, but then most often it put into sparkling form. Right, yes. And then there's two types of those? Yes. Okay, so, got it. So you have the spumante, which is the, like, I've got lots of bubbles. It's the full sparkling, sparkling wine. Okay, it's the yelling at your bubbles. <laughs> yeah, it's all the bubbles. We got all the bubbles. The bubbles go for ages. We have so much bubbles. Then you have the frisant style, which is somewhere like close to like the Vino Verde, where it's just like lightly sparkling, probably a little bit more than like a Vino Verde would be, but like with, but not anywhere close to your spumante. So it's like a lighter secondary fermentation, just a little sprightliness to it. Okay. 
That's good to know. I feel like I see Spamanti all the time. I didn't yeah. know <laughs> how to tell it apart from any yeah. other thing I saw, but that's good to know. Is there a difference in the heartburn <laughs> based on the bubbles? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to leave it at I don't know because, right. yeah, you're dealing with a number of factors there. It's like, <laughs> is the heartburn caused by the carbon dioxide? Mm. Then, yeah, maybe the frizzante might be a better option. But if it's just based on acidity, then you're not, there's no difference. Okay. So, <laughs> and no taste difference between the two, just the bubbles? Just the bubbles. What yeah. makes it, how do you make different bubbles? probably less fermentation time or oh. a smaller dosage, sure. add a, a smaller additive to get that fizziness. Mm. Or just if it, ha- if it just happens that way, they might just sure, bottle it. Just yeah. Separate them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a hundred percent sure. Cool. But yeah. Well, <laughs> we, yeah. I'm always throwing questions out. <laughs> I usually know the answers. 95% of the time you have the answers. True. <laughs> Well, what else should I know about Prosecco then? So the first, first mention of Prosecco came up in 1593. And the original spelling was actually P-R-O-S-E-C-H-O. And then it wasn't until 1754 when the first time of the current spelling of Prosecco came up. And I feel like there was something about how that name came about, but I don't remember now. But yeah, yeah, important enough to stick. We don't care. I didn't really hit. (laughs) But yeah, it's just usually the cheaper option. So that's why people hate on it. And I'm sure that there was lots of shitty Prosecco out there. So lots of people probably hated on it because it was shitty Prosecco instead of nice tasting Prosecco. It's hard to disassociate bad taste from bad taste. (laughs) (laughs) Right? <laughs> Any other questions? No, I'm just glad to have that info because I feel like I had just kind of absorbed that slight negativity towards Prosecco for no real reason. And I'm glad to know that I don't need to do that. I still like champagne, of course, and there's a place for that, but can't I don't drink champagne fe- yeah. all the time. Ten dollar yeah. bottle of bubbles sometimes really hits the spot. And yeah. Lots of Prosecco is extremely affordable. And now I'm going to try to look out for the two different bubble styles and see if I can notice a difference. That'll be fun. Trader Joe's, here I come. Right? (laughs) I didn't even bother to check to see if they had different ones there when I was there yesterday. I was just looking for the cheapest one. (laughs) Well, yeah. And this is kind of like a caper situation to me where I'm like, I didn't know I should be looking for something different than caper than Prosecco. (laughs) I guess I didn't really have an appreciation though for that there was really two different levels of Prosecco sparkling. Now we know. Now we know. We should go make a cocktail with it. We should make a cocktail. I'm ready to drink that Prosecco now. And luckily (laughs) our first cocktail is using it. Featuring it. Although it does say splash, but I feel like we're going to more than splash our Prosecco. Hefty splash. Hefty, hefty splash, yeah. <laughs> we have selected a grapefruit cardamom gin fizz from the modern proper. So to make the actual drink itself, you need two ounces of a rosemary syrup, 
little asterisk on that. We'll come back to that in a minute. Three ounces of cardamom infused gin, asterisk on that too. Half a cup of grapefruit juice, a splash of Prosecco chilled, rosemary sprigs and grapefruit peel for garnish. Now back to our asterisks. <laughs> That's a word. That's a hard word mm-hmm. to pluralize. So many. <laughs> to make your rosemary syrup at home, you will need a half cup of sugar and a half cup of water and one to two rosemary sprigs. We both did more. We did extra because it felt not rosemary y enough. It was too much sugar, not enough rosemary. Yeah. Not rosemary y enough. <laughs> Put all of those ingredients in a pot, boil them together, and then strain out the rosemary. And if you want to push, uh, put another fresh rosemary sprig in after you've boiled it, that's what I ended up doing just to infuse a little bit more rosemary flavor. Same. We obviously cannot get enough. <laughs> I like a good punch. Rose- I want the rosemary to be like, smack, bitch, I'm here. Yeah. You're drinking me. <laughs> I am fucking here. <laughs> so we already made that rosemary simple syrup. Yep. And we also made our cardamom gin. So we did a half cup of gin with three cardamom. Well, okay. We, we did not do cardamom pods. The original recipe called for cardamom pods. I did powder. <laughs> and I have what says is cardamom hole, but it looks like it's the interior of those pods is what I, I have. Could have sworn I had cardamom here somewhere, but <laughs> I never know. but the cardamom gin is easy put your cardamom whatever cardamom ingredient you have available (laughs) in with your gin and let it sit overnight and we actually added more cardamom as well because we felt like the gin was overpowering the cardamom yes we don't want we want all of the herbs I do want to be able to taste it all. If it's going in there, I should be able to taste it. It should be a presence. Therefore, a little extra had to go in. In a cocktail shaker, you're using the rosemary syrup, the infused gin, and grapefruit juice. Shake well. Strain into two glasses from the quantities above. Top with Prosecco and garnish with a sprig of rosemary and a grapefruit peel. Cheers. I can't wait. Let's mix up some alcohol with other things. <laughs> okay. My little pre-measured cocktail ingredient jar here is very full. <laughs> Adding that to my shaker. I've got a glass over here with a little bit of ice in it to pour into when I'm done. Is it supposed to have ice? I don't know. I think the shaker glass has ice. But not the... not the. Oh, no, the ice is in the glasses. Yeah. Right. Here we shake. That shit is cold. Gotta leave the strainer on. Splashy, splashy. (laughs) Hey, ready for my Prosecco splash? Ooh. Tasty, tasty. Oh, yeah. That's very good. Very Christmassy, though. Yes. Very nice Christmas cocktail. I might add a little more garnish on top there. A few more bits of uh, grapefruit. But yeah, I like that. Very good. So next, we're going to make a hot buttered rum base yeah we are 
So that first one was alcoholic, obviously. This next one can be no alcohol or you can add rum if you want. But the base or what they call batter in this recipe is this was like a huge recipe to start with. And we kept like, let's take it down by half. Let's take it down by another half. Let's take it down by another half. So this is a real modified quantity of the original recipe. This recipe comes from allrecipes.com. And so our version is two ounces or half a stick of unsalted butter, two ounces of brown sugar, two ounces of confectioners or powdered sugar, one cup or a pint of vanilla ice cream softened. This is a pint is not a cup. Oh, a pint is two cups. Yes. Half a pint is what I meant. Yes. Half a pint. Okay. One cup or (laughs) half a pint. And this inclusion of the vanilla ice cream softened has been throwing Gretchen. Mine's out now. I had measured it out and it was in the fridge, but now it's just out on the counter. Yours is out. uh, Mine's still in the fridge. So I, I actually just let mine sit in the fridge overnight. Okay. And then it, Half of three quarters of a teaspoon of ground cinnamon (laughs) and an eighth of a teaspoon of nutmeg. So what we're going to do is melt that butter. This is in a large pot. Oh, in a pot. because It's a large because it was so big. Okay. Melt the butter in a pot. (laughs) Then you're going to blend in the brown sugar and the confectioner sugar until it's smooth. Then we remove it from the heat, add that ice cream, the cinnamon, the nutmeg and whisk. And then it goes into a container to go into the freezer. You will only use one tablespoon of the batter with one ounce of rum in a mug. And then you fill the rest with boiling water as your drink with a little nutmeg on the top. We're definitely going to put some in the freezer, but we're also going to make one right away (laughs) and drink that. So that will be... Right away, right away, because we're, we're going to save it to the end, but we wanted to make the base first and then let it sit for a little bit just to make sure it does the right things. Yes. So right away today, but not right away in the moment when it's right. done. <laughs> yes, right away today. <laughs> okay, perfect. So then I guess we need to start heating up our butter so we yep. can add our sugars. Yep. So we're just melting that first, right? The butter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Melting, melting, melting. Still melting. All right, so my butter is melted. Turn my heat down a smidge and add all my sugars. Okay, same. I wonder if I'm supposed to let this boil a little bit. Seems like we're trying to dissolve the sugar, although I didn't feel like the recipe really said that. Yeah, mine's not super combining though. That's the thing is I think we're going to have to boil it a little bit because it'll combine a little bit better. Once it's boiled. Okay. Turning it up. Definitely made like caramel sauce this way. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I think I'm good. Okay. I'm still coming up to heat here. It's uh, starting to boil a bit, but it's not quite there. Done too. Moving from the heat. Giving a good, good stir. Adding my spices. Okay, same. I grab my ice cream out of the fridge. Smells good. Yeah, it does. I'm putting okay. the ice cream into the into the pan. No, it says into a plastic container, but 
I have this net, this container here that'll be really perfect for this. Mm, yeah, that's good shit. Which one? No, the rosemary. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I still did twice the amount you made. This is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Especially when you only use a tablespoon at a time. Right. Like, they must have been making it for a huge party. It would have right? made, like, a hundred servings, I feel like. Yeah. And then into yes. the freezer, right? Okay. Yes, into the freezer. Oh, but it tastes so good. It tastes <laughs> so good. Like, only one tablespoon? Yeah. No, I'm not going with one tablespoon. Excuse you. <laughs> Excuse you. How dare you? How dare you suggest I only put one <laughs> tablespoon of this deliciousness in? <laughs> But it is great for a big event because if you have a gallon ice cream container already, like <laughs> half the ice cream and then make the rest with this and you've got a huge party drink. Yeah. That's easy. Yeah. Yep. In the freezer we go and we will come back to you in a little bit. Okay. So we have our hot buttered rum batter in the freezer. It is on to cocktail number three for us, which is G's Herb Garden Inspo Cocktail <laughs> with a recipe base that she got from a cocktail party she, or a tea party. She tea party. Yeah. When she, a cocktail tea party when she was young, but the quantities were created today. Yes, because I'm making this off based off my memory. We have an ounce of the rosemary syrup we made for the first cocktail, which I was like, fabulous synergy there between the first and the second punch here. So we're using an ounce of that rosemary syrup, an ounce of pineapple juice, an ounce of orange juice, a half ounce of cranberry juice. And we're gonna shake that together in a shaker, then strain it into a glass over more ice and top with three to four ounces of ginger beer. I can't wait. And I am going to add, because I realized I have a little packet of can roadies, uh, blood orange cardamom. So I'm gonna put a little sneak of this in there to make this a can of cocktail. I love that. I love their blood orange cardamom flavor. And cardamom again. And cardamom again, yes. That was not as intentional. <laughs> I'm not going to add the whole thing. I'm only doing part of that. I'll come back for that later. Since I am holding off a little bit on the alcohol, are you going to add any alcohol to this, Becca? I'll probably do gin because okay. we're already using gin. Mm -hmm. But I have to finish my first drink and I don't want to <laughs> mix them together. Got yeah. It. So I'm going to mix it up without the gin, taste okay. it. Finish my first drink and then add, add my gin. gin. Yeah. Okay. Let's take it. Woo! Need a bigger glass. And I forgot to get my ginger beer. My Betty Buzz ginger beer. <laughs> oh, from before? Mm-hmm. Yum. It's because it's kind of intense. It actually seems to be much nicer for mixing it than drinking so on its own. <laughs> yeah. Definitely was in the cocktail mixer section. I'm going to just give this a quick stir. Okay. Just, just a blender up. Cheers. Cheers. I love that. Isn't it great? Yeah. I want to chug it. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so good. Maybe I shouldn't put alcohol in it. <laughs> I will chug it. 
Fair point. That's really good. That's really good. So why is it your herb garden inspo though? Because actually after I went to this tea party is when I got super into herbs and pretty much that kickstarted the whole cooking thing for me. I had an really? herb garden as a child. That's the, the most common thing in the world for a small child to have at like nine or 10 is an herb garden shaped like a birdhouse. Nonetheless. Sure. Yes. It's the thing with herb gardens is you like you make them into like a shape to represent something. And so that's, mine was a birdhouse. That's really cute. Yeah. So did, did you have fresh herbs at this tea party or it was just the timing? It was all based on herb stuff. How cool. So you got super inspired by all these herbs and then you were like, I want to do that at home. And yeah. then that launched you into, I want to do this. Yeah, and had the frustration of trying to grow rosemary in Michigan where <laughs> I could not get it to grow. And it's supposed to be quite hardy, but it did not like the long, cold winters. I think it might like a bit more mild of a climate than Michigan gets. I killed a lot of rosemary, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> and this this cocktail was really what pushed it over the edge. I was like, I need access to rosemary all the time so I can make this all the time. Of course, I didn't, mm -hmm. but I needed that. So. But you needed it, the option. Yeah. <laughs> How cool. That yeah. is super cool. Inspiration coming from everywhere these days. But yeah, it's super nice for Christmas. That Got that rosemary thing going on. Always nice for a Christmas cocktail. Yeah, and the color's a nice, like, pink blush pink mm -hmm. that shows up very well in photos if you're taking... <laughs> Photos. Christmas pictures yeah holiday photos yeah <laughs> holding your drink well delicious so three out of four so far pretty good even though we haven't totally tasted the hot buttered rum in its final state yet but right of it. all right Gretchen cocktail so delicious we are about to make technically the last one we're kind of like making but we still have to assemble our hot buttered rum after this but this is the west 75th and it comes from liquor.com it is one ounce of calvados neither of us had calvados i'm using cognac calvados oh calvados calvados thank you so i'm using cognac and gretchen's using a pear brandy that she made herself of mm -hmm. course the pear part, not the brandy part. I did not okay. write my own. Yeah, I don't have a still, but <laughs> self-infused. <laughs> One-fourth ounce of raspberry syrup. That's another one of those asterisk ones. Mm -hmm. And two dashes of Angostura orange bitters. Three ounces of Lambrusco chilled. And then a lemon garnish. And so we also made this raspberry simple syrup in advance. But this, for the full recipe, it was one cup of sugar, one cup of water into a saucepan, bring to a boil, simmer until the sugar dissolves, and then remove from heat and add one cup of raspberries, mashing gently. That needs to sit for an, at least an hour, and then you strain out the solids. This does keep in the refrigerator for up to one week. So we did make that in advance, and then... We actually just ended up mixing everything together as we were measuring it. And so now we are going to taste it. Mm. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. 
And bonus points if you can pour it slowly enough to get the layered effect that Ooh, the, cool. they recommend. Yeah. Not me. I did. I got it. I did it. Nice. I love I, this. I love the tartness. Mm-hmm. It's beautifully tart. Like you can mm-hmm. really get a lot of that raspberry flavor, but like it works really nice with Lambrusco. Yeah. Yum. Super good. Super good. Super delicious. I don't want to stop drinking it, but I think we have to do our hot butter drum. We got to do our hot. Yeah. We got to get that hot rum in there. Hmm. How are you going to heat your hot water? I am going to heat my hot water in a measuring cup. In, in the, the microwave? microwave. Okay. Yeah. It just said to fill your mug with water, right? So yeah. Like however much water. And I will be making mine without the rum. <laughs> okay. Same. I have plenty of alcohol here right now. Yeah. Okay. One tablespoon. Yeah, I did way more than one tablespoon. You did? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Load I it up. At least two tablespoons. Okay. I mean, I've got enough of this to last me the rest of the freaking winter. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I'm assuming this is kind of like a whisk vigorously situation. Okay. Or stir vigorously. I did like two tablespoons and a half a cup of water. And it's pretty dilute already. You going to add some more? Well, no, I'm not going to add any more water. I'm going to stop adding where I'm at. Oh, I meant more batter. Oh, no, no. I'm going to just drink what I've got here more than adding more batter. Just making a tasting note. Oh, when you said diluted, I thought you were saying it was like a negative thing. Right. Well, I am. I'm just saying that I could have gone for... I could have gone for one more tablespoon of batter probably if I was going to fill up this whole cup. Like I see it's only half full right now. And I feel like I want a little more buttery quality. Yeah. It's too watery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put some rum in it. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I'm adding some more batter, but I almost feel like I could put like some Frangelico in this or mm. Amaretto. Mm-hmm. It's too watered down, though, with just water. Yeah. It, oh, with the rum, it's better. But yeah, you could just, I could just see putting quite a bit more of that batter in. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I was asking. <laughs> yeah, I would add more, but I'm not going to right now. I almost feel like I'd rather do like milk or something. Instead of water. Yeah. I, yeah, if you're doing like a non-alcoholic version, yeah, I agree with that. Because the batter's so good and you lose some of that in this ratio. Or like almond milk or mm, oat milk, mm-hmm. something like that. That's like coconut. A, coconut. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. Yeah. Any of the nut milks would work. Eggnog. Work. If you are <laughs> so inclined. Yeah. <laughs> Make it wild. Well, I'll probably add a little rum. The rum like kicks it up really. I guess oh. I have to. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't mean to make you add more alcohol to your day, but <laughs> oh no. What is the point? I feel shockingly sober. I was well, I haven't finished a single one of them yet. I got to buckle down. I know. I just finished the hot buttered rum. Even though we were like trying to go in order of least desserty to most desserty, <laughs> the hot buttered rum just snuck right in there. <laughs> it went right down, yeah. If you had to pick a favorite right now, which would you pick? I think maybe the West 75th. Yeah, same. 
I really like all of them and I would enjoy them at any time, but I could drink that West 75th like every day. Every day. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Even better when you can buy these handy little cans of Presto sparkling Rambusco from whatever vendor you pr- choose to participate with. <laughs> like, I really like the grapefruit gin fizz is awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I love them all, obviously. Same. Yeah, they all had their own special thing going on for sure. And I think it would be fun to enjoy them anytime. But I for sure, as soon as I took that first sip of the West 75th, I was like, oh my God, yes, I need a hundred of these. Yes, a hundred more drinks all the time. Yes, a hundred more drinks all the time. Yes. Well, my goodness, Uh, world level. (laughs) I think this is all a one world level one. There's no real place you can go to wrong. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of steps, though. Oh, well, for sure. All four. Yeah. But any one of them on their own is super, super easy. Yeah. We're not suggesting you produce them all in this format. We're doing this for Mm -hmm. you, people. Mm -hmm. Like, we are doing this for you, people, and also for (laughs) us to get shit faced. Yes. And as an excuse. So, are Puff Puff Sip Sip or Cock and Mocktails a success? Yeah. I think so. They're all really good. I'm going to be very happily drunk later. I know. I was like, I am starting to feel dreamy. That is full circle to my blue dream smoke in the beginning. This is good. (laughs) Well, we will try to share the recipes. We will definitely try to share pictures and we will try to update the website. And if we don't, we will maybe, maybe try fresh in the new year, but we will see. (laughs) Gretchen's got to get off her ass. Too busy. We're too busy. busy. Anyway, happy uh, Christmas, everybody. And if you are not a Christmas person, happy whatever holiday somebody around you is celebrating and has asked you to bring something. You can bring (laughs) these. One of these. Not all three or four. Do not bring all four. Just do one. Pick one. (laughs) Yeah, as we said, one is fine. Two, maybe. Three, pushing it. Four, definitely don't. Like and subscribe. Tell everybody you know. Happy holidays. And... Off we go. Off we go. Clink, 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 clink. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cheers, 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 cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. That's <laughs> stupid. Cal- Calvados? Calvados. Calvados.